If you enjoy Champions for Children, be sure to check out the new podcast from Nemours Children's Health, Well Beyond Medicine. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts or at NemoursWellBeyond.org to continue hearing the stories of anything and everything related to the 80% of child health impacts that occur outside the doctor's office. And now, the episode of Champions for Children you requested. Enjoy! Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Nemours Champions for Children podcast. I'm Carol Vassar. Today, we take a look at a Nemours project that brings capacity building skills and technical assistance to the state of Oklahoma to help them in the work of preventing social adversities in early childhood. It's one of four initiatives that make up Project HOPE. We talked about Project HOPE in episode 128 of the podcast, and we'll make sure that we put a link to that episode in the show notes for this one. This time, though, we take the opportunity to more closely examine Oklahoma's unique storytelling approach to data collection. Though geographically distant from Nemours service areas, this Project HOPE initiative speaks loudly to the idea of going well beyond medicine and raising the healthiest generation of children everywhere. Joining me to talk about it are Nemours associate Trevor Lee. Trevor is a program and policy analyst in the Nemours Office of Policy and Prevention in Washington, D.C., along with Carrie Williams, who is the executive director of the Oklahoma Partnership for School Readiness in that state's capital, Oklahoma City. We began our conversation with a refresher on Project HOPE, its history, funding, and goals. Here's Trevor Lee. Project HOPE was originally awarded um, to Nemours in October 2017. The uh, grant came from the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation. So Nemours applied for the funding and was granted along with two other organizations, the uh, BUILD Initiative and Boston Medical Center Vital Village. And Project HOPE stands for Harnessing Opportunity for Positive, Equitable Early Childhood Development. And it aims to ensure equitable access to health services and healthy development opportunities. Uh, for young children and their families, with the main goal to kind of implement systems change by partnering with states and local organizations on uh, policies and programs. Nemours has four states that we've been working with during the project. We've worked with or have partnered with Florida, New Jersey, Oklahoma, and Washington. And Carrie, you are that Oklahoma, the Oklahoma Partnership for School Readiness. It was your organization that took part in Project HOPE. Tell me what your organization does and if you know any of the history of how your program came to be a part of Project Hope. I'd love to hear that, too. Sure. So Oklahoma Partnership for School Readiness is the state's early childhood advisory council. We were created in state statute to serve in that capacity. We convene local leaders, statewide leaders across Oklahoma to help effectively convene those groups. Oklahoma is on a mixed delivery system, meaning there are at least 15 state agencies in the state of Oklahoma that serve children and families in some way, but they're often pretty siloed. Their data is not integrated. They offer services within their agency, but they don't very well communicate with each other about who's providing what service to children and families. And so our legislature and our governor at the time recognized that there was a need to foster collaboration between those agencies. And that's why we were created. 
we're kind of uniquely created in that we have this public-private partnership board that consists of the heads of those 15 state agencies who serve children in the state of Oklahoma and their families, and then also 17 private sector individuals who are appointed by the governor. So it's a pretty large board. We convene that group at least quarterly during session monthly to just talk about the issues and the policies that impact children and families in the state and help inform policy that betters outcomes for children and families in Oklahoma. We also have a private arm, um, the OPSR Foundation, that is also created in statute, but is designed to be more nimble and can participate in projects like this that are funded privately and can help lead to better outcomes for children and families as well. And so we were really working on this for a very long time in Oklahoma and recognizing that the missing piece to the puzzle is family voice, the voices of those who are impacted by the policies that we are advocating for. That's really why we got involved with this project. We had the PDG grant, the preschool development block grant to work on some of those projects as well. And and this really was a strong alignment for us in our goals in Oklahoma to partner with Nemours Public Health Foundation. So when you partnered with Nemours and with Project Hope, what were you expecting to get back? Was it mostly the technical and, and training assistance offered? So the technical assistance offered was really very, very helpful. I think when we initially embarked on this project, we wanted to hear from those families directly. And it is we needed some effective strategies to engage with families who are impacted by policy. And that was really our goal to get that technical assistance, to get that training, to help us get out into the communities and capture those voices in the room, and then to create some actionable items out of what we were learning from families. And so we really were able to do that through this project, working with the University of Kansas to design that SenseMaker tool and the dashboard that goes along with it, and then just obviously the abundant resources that were provided to us as a part of the project really did help us be very successful in a time that was very challenging in Oklahoma and across the country with the global COVID-19 pandemic. We started this before the pandemic, but we were already in the midst of meeting with families and children during that time, and then the world came to an abrupt stop. What we were hearing were some common themes early on, and then the pandemic happened and those issues were exacerbated. Access to childcare being the top issue that we found, that was a much larger issue after the global pandemic occurred. The ability to connect with those families and adapt during that time, we couldn't have done that without our partners. Trevor, talk about some of the technical assistance that um, your group provided to the state of Oklahoma, to this consortium that worked on Project Hope there. Well, we aim to provide uh, support around key systems change components, such as communications, data, financing, governance, and leadership. Um, and build the capacity in these areas would lend to a, a greater impact at the community and uh, statewide levels. So Oklahoma received technical assistance from a few of our national partners. Institute for Public Health Innovation, or IPHI, presented on uh, steps to advance equity in Oklahoma's early childhood policies. And OPSR also worked with Stacy Becker, which was uh, another one of our uh, consultants to uh, develop a value proposition to be able to clearly communicate their role and impact on services to children and families 
throughout communities in Oklahoma. So you were there when they needed the assistance before, during, and after the pandemic. Carrie, you talked about the SenseMaker tool. What is that and what's unique about that, which to me is very fascinating? Yeah, this was a really innovative tool that the University of Kansas helped create for us. They basically developed a framework for gathering stories of the families who are impacted by services in the state of Oklahoma and then created this dashboard where we could then analyze the common themes among the stories that we gathered. You know, it was almost 400 stories, 400 individual participants in the state of Oklahoma that they were able to interview. And some of those are just families with young children. Some of those are caseworkers with the Oklahoma Department of Human Services who had been working with children and families and what they were hearing as barriers to public health, as barriers to child care. And it was really just what it sounds like. It's a way for us to make sense of everything that we learned and heard from these families in the state of Oklahoma. The additional community action labs that we hosted and that SenseMaker tool, it really all did work together to help us find some common themes. But really, Beyond just finding those common themes, that helped us create action plans for agencies to address the needs of children and families, and then also advocate for policy change legislation that would help serve our children and families better in Oklahoma. One of the big issues I think I referenced earlier is access to quality, affordable child care. And across the state of Oklahoma, we knew that was an issue. Because 55% of the state of Oklahoma is technically classified as a child care desert. And what we needed to hear beyond just the numbers is how does that impact every family on a regular basis? How does that impact our local economies? If you don't have child care available, then at least one parent has to stay home and can't contribute to their own personal economy, but also to the greater economy in the state of Oklahoma. Those stories that the University of Kansas helped us compile, put together, it became a very common theme. The largest theme that emerged out of the sense-making tool was the fact that quality, affordable child care is not available in the state of Oklahoma. And we've done a lot of work at OPSR and with our partner agencies to try to address that need. We came up with some really tailored recommendations for policy to address that. And, you know, I think that's the beauty of what comes out of this project. It's not enough just to gather the data, not enough just to recognize the common themes. You have to do something with that information. And we've been really fortunate. Not only do we have the data, here's the capacity in the state of Oklahoma here are the number of children in the state of Oklahoma who need child care, and we can show that discrepancy in the form of numbers. But now we've got this additional data that came from this framework that helps us anecdotally and on a qualitative level show policymakers how what they do impacts our families here in Oklahoma. So it was such a valuable tool to us. Talk about the collection of data. This was not people filling out bubble forms and doing a one to five scale. Talk about the process. If I were to come in and I was being interviewed for SenseMaker and you were looking to get information from me, I have a young family, what kinds of questions would I encounter? What would you ask me? And what stories would you be looking for? Or is that kind of open-ended? 
they were open-ended questions and we didn't expect families to come to us. We tried initially to reach out via social media to find people who would be willing to come and talk to us. That wasn't a very effective strategy for us during that time. So we met participants where they were. We went out to the Latino Community Development Agency. We went out to Remerge, which helps formerly incarcerated women regain custody of their children. We went out to those places where we knew that our high-risk families were being served, where we knew our vulnerable children were being served. And we asked open-ended questions. We made them comfortable. We didn't in any way come across as a group of people who were there to regulate or be that big brother type. We came in and said, hey, we want to help you. We want to know what your needs are. Again, we asked very open-ended questions and then we just let them tell their stories, which I think was a big benefit because you don't want to lead them into saying what you want to hear. We just wanted to allow them to tell us what they really need and what their issues are and how we can best serve them. And aside from childcare, what other themes emerged? Housing and utilities, insecurity with food, transportation is an issue in Oklahoma. I mentioned that there are childcare deserts in the state of Oklahoma, but there are service deserts in all sectors in the state of Oklahoma. We do have two large metro regions, but the majority of the rest of the state is pretty rural. And so access to transportation, housing and utility assistance, general safety was on the list. Healthcare, obviously, also on the list. And then again, that food insecurity. Those were kind of our top themes. Trevor, how does this connect back to what Nemours is doing? And how Nemours is working towards getting rid of some of the barriers that people are facing in terms of making the healthiest generation possible. Um, I think Project Hope circles back to Nemours' mission of providing care to patients when and how they would like to receive it by emphasizing the importance of community voice. Uh, we learned a lot about the needs of members within the states and community uh, from meeting with them directly and listening to their concerns and priorities, which helped to redirect the efforts of our state teams and state leads. Carrie, what were some of the open-ended questions? Do you have those handy? And and do you know, or do you have in front of you, or can you cite any specific stories that stood out? We definitely do have some specific stories. This was someone from the Department of Human Services who said, I was working with a mom who needed parenting classes. She did not have reliable childcare and therefore frequently struggled to make it to class on time or at all. So this is a family who's in the system already and the condition of regaining custody of their child and the keeping custody of their child is that they attend these parenting classes. At the time, we did not have funding to cover childcare during classes for our parents nor did we have a volunteer willing to provide it. This was a barrier because it prolonged the time it took for her to complete the class and was a hindrance to her truly learning the material because she was often so stressed about childcare issues. Because she wasn't working or going to school at the time, she did not qualify for childcare assistance through DHS. So helping identify those barriers. Here's another one. This is pretty long, so I probably won't read it all. When I became pregnant in August of 2019, we were thrilled. I was hoping this pregnancy would go smoother than my first. It ended up being harder, I think. Morning sickness started when I was about three weeks pregnant. At the time, I was a supervisor in a casino. We were only fully staffed for the month of September. After that, I was working 12-hour shifts on a 10-hour normal schedule. 
Um, it was a struggle because work was hectic and stressful for me. I would come home not having seen my family all day, seeing them for an hour or two, but was spent arguing with kids. I felt guilty and awful for how it was started. And so it just kind of goes on and on and on about the struggles. Overwhelmed new mothers, help from child care resource and referral. This was a positive. She said, I had a hard time locating child care. My husband and I did not know what to look for or what was affordable. By working with the Oklahoma Child Care Resource and Referral, we were able to get information and a listing of centers that met our needs. Not only did we get educated on what to look for, but when we compared centers, large homes, and family child care homes to determine what best fits the needs of our child. And so that was access to a resource that was really positive. A lot of responses due to COVID. And we do think that our responses through this tool were very skewed by the fact that we are in the midst or and certainly were at the time in the midst of a global pandemic and child care facilities about 30 percent in Oklahoma closed at one time during the pandemic. And so we really did struggle with child care more than normal during that time. And it's really not a surprise to us that that was a common theme, but it was really key in advocating at our legislature for what they would do with some of those American Rescue Plan dollars to say, hey, we've got to increase supports to child care so that we can get our economy back up and running. This was a really valuable tool for us in that. And once you gathered this information through SenseMaker and through conversations across the state of Oklahoma, And you saw some common themes. You started to possibly bring solutions to bear to help alleviate these issues. Did you implement those right away, develop and implement, or did you check in with the communities as the feedback loop, as Trevor referred to it, would seem to indicate? We definitely did check back in with the communities. We also have a very strong partner in the Oklahoma Commission on Children and Youth. And this was a very big driving force in what they have created now in statute, which is their parent partnership board. That parent partnership board is made up of families with lived experiences, and it helps us evaluate all of the policies now moving forward that we are trying to advocate for at a state level. And that parent partnership board is not only available to us and supported with financial incentives by us, but also it's available to all state agencies who serve children and families. So we are really using this as our guide moving forward. We're saying not only was it important in this one instance, but moving forward, if we would ask these families who are impacted by the policies that we are advocating for on the front end, we're going to hopefully remove some of those barriers right up front. So it's a huge tool for us, and it definitely did change the way that we'll be enacting policy moving forward. Now, Trevor, this is a a project that is designed for cross-sector partnerships. What implications does it have for not only the state of Oklahoma, but for other states? So uh, throughout the project, we made sure to capture lessons learned um, and share those back with our state teams and amongst the other organizations within the HOPE Consortium. Uh, We also created space for Nemours' states to share their efforts and learnings with each other. Uh, And states were able to learn from one another and realize the importance and impact of different departments uh, collaborating to pinpoint different priorities identified within the community and be able to more effectively influence policies down the road. 
Carrie, where do you go from here? What were some of the solutions that were brought to bear after you checked back in with the community to make sure you were on the right track? What are you working on now that came from Project Hope that you see as significant? So we're working on a lot. Um, but namely right now, the child care issue is front of mind for us. We actually are working on a lot of direct initiatives with the Oklahoma Department of Human Services um, some specialty grants to address child care deserts, some work for the early childhood field. We launched an early childhood workforce job board in coordination with the Oklahoma Department of Human Services so that we can attract a workforce to the early childhood field because that's a big issue in capacity as well. We had a lot of facilities that were ready to reopen but couldn't find a qualified workforce to staff the classrooms. So we're working on that issue pretty directly right now. We actually just merged with the Oklahoma Child Care Resource and Referral Association. So providing that additional support to child care is a huge goal of ours moving forward. It is going to be very central to the work that we do we're working with our community stakeholders to bolster um, home visiting programs in Oklahoma, numerous partners across the state to try to address public health and the health of our children and families from all angles. We just completed an early childhood research symposium where we brought all of those stakeholders back together to look at the innovations during the pandemic and the sustainability of some of the emergency measures that were put into place by the state of Oklahoma, and really just trying to track progress toward those outcomes. We developed a long list of recommendations for the governor on policies that we think would strengthen families in the state of Oklahoma, and that has sort of been turned over to the cabinet secretary of human services, and so we're meeting very regularly to work on some of those key initiatives in the state of Oklahoma. Trevor, where do we go from here as a result of what we've learned from this initiative in Oklahoma? Can this be replicated elsewhere? Yep. So uh, continue to emphasize the importance of community voice and creating effective feedback loops. This was vital for gathering data and prioritizing the different impacts that our states and communities had identified. And then just using everything that we've learned and as the at the community level, as well as the estate level to just continue to refine action plans and uh, continue to implement those learnings as well. Trevor Lee is a program and policy analyst in the Nemours Office of Policy and Prevention in Washington, D.C. He was joined in conversation about Project HOPE by Carrie Williams, the executive director of the Oklahoma Partnership for School Readiness, based in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. For more information on Project HOPE, please visit movinghealthcareupstream.org slash project hyphen hope. That's movinghealthcareupstream.org slash project hyphen hope. To reach out to the team working on this project, including Trevor Lee, you can email projecthope at namours.org. That's projecthope at namours.org. In the coming weeks, we'll be talking precision medicine, and revisiting a few of our early associate interviewees to see what's happened in their Nemours story over the last three years as the podcast approaches its third anniversary this September. Your stories of Well Beyond Medicine told by you and your fellow Nemours associates, that's what this podcast is all about.
We're always looking for new podcast stories from associates just like you. So send those ideas along to podcast at Nemours.org. That's podcast at Nemours.org. The Champions for Children podcast is found on Nemours.net and the Nemours Now app, and wherever you find your other favorite podcasts. Many thanks to Allison Kraft, Peter Adebi, Deborah Griffin, and Savannah Pettit for their production support this week. Our music is courtesy of Blue Dot Sessions in Turner's Falls, Massachusetts. On behalf of Carrie Williams and Trevor Lee, I'm Carol Vassar, and we thank you for listening to this edition of the Nemours Champions for Children podcast. Until next time, please stay safe, stay well, and thank you for all you do for the children and families we serve.